Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, editor here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcast needs. In today's episode, I'm joined by Salma Bakuk, co-founder and CEO at Siflet, and we're going to be talking about the future of data engineering. Salma, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, lovely to meet you. Um, could you just tell, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you guys do at Siflet? Sure. Um, so my name is Salma. I'm CEO and one of co-founders here at Sifle. Um I uh, grew up in Paris, have an engineering degree, applied math and statistics. Um, and then I started my career um, in Asia, working for a U.S. investment bank in the equity sales and trading division. Um, so starting my career on a trading floor is a, the trading floor is a very data intensive environment. Um, it's an environment where a lot of big decisions are made on the fly and, and in, and in real, ta- real time um, and where um, you have no choice really but to, to rely on data to drive decisions and, and, and get smarter about making decisions in general. Um, so as a, as, as a revenue leader uh, in, in the sales and trading uh, department, um, we were constantly trying to find uh, ways to get better and, and faster and smarter about making decisions. And, and obviously that goes with leveraging a lot of data. Um, and, 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 and when you start to leverage uh, high volumes of data and, and you start to use them in real time, uh, a lot of things can break and a lot of things can go wrong. And, and so um, I, I really <laughs> had a first row seat to literally anything and everything that can go wrong as far as data quality or lack thereof goes. Um, and that's what inspired me to uh, to start Cifle with my co-founders. So quick words to introduce Cifle. So um, we're a data observability, data quality management solution. Um, data observability is a, is a relatively new category, and, and, and I'll dive into that into a bit more detail later. Um, but essentially, we're on a mission to reduce entropy within data infrastructures and to help um, data engineers and data consumers uh, drive decision-making and drive big initiatives with data um, and, and not having to worry about whether the data is reliable and trustworthy. So that's what we do. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you for that. Um, so my kind of first question is for you then, Salma. Um, what do you feel the trends are currently uh, that are shaping the data engineering industry? That's a really good question. Um, d- data engineering is a is an ever-evolving space. Um, and there's a lot of new trends that are emerging and that continue to emerge that shape the present and the future of data engineering. Um, it's definitely an extremely rich um, ecosystem, and 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 I feel extremely lucky to be, uh, you know, uh, having the ability to contribute to the ecosystem and and, and to uh, add value to data engineers and data practitioners in general. Um, to your question about the trends and 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 what really I feel from my vantage point has shaped um, the the present state of data engineering. Um, I, I think it's worth it to kind of zoom over what happened over the past five to ten years and. And, and look at the all the whole um, revolution that took that took place in the space and and, and what shaped uh, what we today uh, is kind of the the status quo uh, for for data engineering um, 
I think by looking at what happened, uh, you know, in the past few years, um, obviously there's a lot of uh, progress uh, that was made and, and made a lot of uh, uh, technologies emerging in the space that, that's made the, the life of data engineers and data practitioners, broadly speaking, um, easier. Um, if, if we look at, uh, you know, some processes like, uh, you know, data integration, data transformation, stuff like that, there, there was a lot of technology uh, progress or progress in technology that was made in the space. Um, and, and that's automated a lot of the workflows um, for, for data engineers and data practitioners um, and, and made, uh, you know, uh, becoming data driven and fostering a data driven culture actually feasible for most organizations. Um, it, for, as an example, in the past, if you had to go and hire for a data engineer, you'd have to look for hardcore software engineering skills. You'd have to look for, um, you know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of deep knowledge and a lot of uh, very technical um, skills uh, because data engineers were responsible for building the infrastructure from scratch and were struggling with what we today take for granted, things like moving data from point A to point B and um, really transforming data from its raw format to insights that make sense for the business. Um, today, a lot of those things are automated. There's a lot of uh, hosted solutions and services um, that uh, that's made data engineers gain a lot in efficiency and in op- and in operational efficiency and in and in uh, and in um, and in the way they automated a lot of the workflows. Um, so. Um, now that uh, data adoption is uh, is is uh, is bigger than ever, and and every company uh, is is striving to get better at it and and to uh, invest more resources and, and and take on big initiatives in becoming data driven. Um, now the focus is shifting a little bit more towards optimizing the data infrastructure, uh, making sure that you get the best return on investment, um, making sure that uh, data is accessible to more people giving sense to the data from a business perspective, et cetera. So if I, if I were to summarize the state of data engineering today and what I think is the focus for a lot of folks um, in, in the space, um, I think there's a lot of, uh, or we can look at it from three different um, elements. So first of all, uh, reliability is, is a big topic right now. And, and, and especially with the current economic environment, I think everyone wants to make sure that data catastrophes don't happen, that, um, uh, you know, uh, data incidents are, 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 are tackled in, in the most efficient way and that data overall and the infrastructure supporting the data is reliable. If you want to scale and if you want to... Um, uh, make sure that you can navigate the current economic downturn. Um, the second aspect, which is uh, which kind of goes hand in hand in, uh, with reliability, or um, or rather, reliability makes this second point more feasible. Is is broadly speaking, data democratization and and, and allowing um, access to both data and data infrastructure um, to broader uh, stakeholders within the business and, and to broader. Um, you know, personas, uh, generally speaking. Um, and, and again, a lot of technologies have emerged over the past few years that's made access to data more um, automated and, that, and that's opened up um, uh, the, the access to the data to more people and to less technical people, um, which, which is great to see. But again, like if you don't have the reliability elements and if you don't have something that, um, that guarantees that the data that's being shared is, is reliable and, and trustworthy, then, you know, it, it's, 
if sharing the data with, with, with less technical people is, is basically a recipe for disaster. Um, but, but, but again, like we're, we're, we're in, we're in a world where everybody wants to, um, get better at decision-making. Everybody wants to, um, you know, drive or, or, or foster data-driven, uh, culture. And so, um, data democratization is, is, a, is a big focus for a lot of uh, data leaders out there. Um, and, and finally, um, and, and this is more related to uh, some of the trends that we see and how some certain uh, industries are evolving. Um, speed and, and cost efficiency are, are a big focus and, and, and they tend to go hand in hand because now everybody wants to make sure that, um, you know, data is accessible in real time or, or near real time, but at the same time, while keeping in mind um, the you know the 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 cost of it and 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 what and what kind of resources need to be put in place to make that actually happen. Um, so and, and again here I, I I we're starting to see more and more technologies emerging to make this possible and allow organization to support even the most sophisticated um, real time analytics use cases um, and 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 making that uh, you know done in a certain cost efficient matter uh, manner. Um, so that's, um, that's, that's, I guess, the, at least from my vantage point, how I see the space um, being shaped and, and evolve uh, recently. Yeah, excellent. I think I think you give some like really good examples there that kind of like lay the lay the kind of reasoning for why a lot of businesses are doing what they're doing right now. Um, with with kind of some of those in mind, I wanted to kind of ask, you know, why, why should companies care about data reliability and observability in the current landscape? Yeah, uh, that's that's uh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, um, every company today wants to become data driven, and and more so. And I feel like this needs to become data driven is now accelerated with the current economic environment. A lot of companies are downsizing. A lot of companies need to get smarter about how they allocate resources. A lot of companies need to know what's happening in their business and, and, and how they can be as data-driven as possible to, um, to, 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 to get better and, and, and create long-term value. Um, and that goes with obviously investing a lot in data infrastructure, but more importantly, investing in um, creating and fostering the data culture um, internally and making sure that stakeholders are aligned around um, the, the expectations from data and the expectations from the data team, broadly speaking. Um, and what I see from, what I, well, a scenario that I see play out a lot uh, in a lot of the conversations that I get into with data leaders and that I've seen also in my previous experience um, is that companies go and, and invest a ton of resources um, and spend, you know, a, a lot of millions of dollars. Um, I think there was a report by IDC that said something like uh, companies globally spend north to $200 billion um, in a, or spent near north of 2000, $200 sorry, billion last year uh, on, on big data and analytics solutions. So Resources are being allocated. Now, how do you ensure that what you're spending on your data infrastructure is actually optimized and, and, and is going to yield, uh, you know, good results? Um, and, and that goes by ensuring that the data that you're using to make decisions, the data that you're using to, um, you know, gain in operational efficiency and, and other aspects is reliable and trustworthy. Um, 
because if you can't guarantee the the good quality of the data assets that you use, um, then your you know your business is going to be very vulnerable, um, and and you're going to be opening up yourself to a lot of uh, to a lot of uh, a lot of errors and a lot of problems that can arise from poor quality data. Um, so I think. And and now more than ever, and especially if we tie it back to the current environment, um, I think companies like the, what, I, what I call data catastrophes, I think there is extremely low tolerance towards data catastrophes. Um, unfortunately, there's been a lot of highly publicized events um, where, you know, uh, big companies uh, were, you know, reported losses or paid fines or, or stuff like that due to poor quality data. So I think now everybody is aware um of how serious it can get and and everybody is uh, is aware of the repercussions that it can get uh, can have on the business um and it becomes a matter of how do we uh make sure that our data infrastructure is doing what it's supposed to do and how do we make sure that the data that we use um is 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 uh, is is according to expectations and 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 is and is of good quality um so i think that's that's um that's that's the reason why uh, not only are companies realizing more and more that data reliability should be automated and, and data observability should be included in their um, technology stacks, um, but, but it's also why we've seen a, a lot of solutions emerge in this space um, to tackle this. And how, how do you see these areas of focus and skill sets differ depending on the size of the enterprise? Oh, that's a good question. Um let me preface this by saying, and then let me actually define data observability because I think we, we still haven't gotten to that. Um, so observability is a concept that comes from uh, mm -hmm. control theory and was adopted in software engineering over the past decade or so um, with companies like uh, Splunk, New Relic, Datadog, AppDynamic, etc. Um, kind of bringing that to the world and making it, you know, a must have for, for software engineers and, and DevOps teams to, to get better at, at, at dealing with their infrastructure and applications. Um, observability, broadly speaking, means is, is a concept that means, um, you know, uh, you get better visibility and, and, and better trust and reliability over your data assets in general. Um, our approach, it's, which Cifle emulates a lot, the approach in software engineering. In software engineering, um, observability is based on three main pillars, metrics, logs and traces um, and 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 the, the framework is centered around these three pillars to bring overall um, visibility and, and, and good monitoring of um, everything that happens inside the applications and, and, and infrastructure. Um, with Cifle, we look at uh, three main pillars or four main pillars actually, um, metrics, uh, metadata, lineage and logs. Um, metrics, we look at um, a set of, of uh, data quality monitoring metrics uh, that help give a certain expectation around what data should look like, uh, how it should behave over time, um, what is considered an anomaly, etc. Um, the second pillar, which is uh, metadata, metadata means, you know, uh, data about the data. So you want to look at um, uh, the different attributes of the data assets. Um, the third pillar, which is, uh, in my opinion, one of the most important uh, ones is lineage, uh, because in order to uh, gain overall visibility and observability over your data assets, you need to know how they're connected to each other and how they interact with each other and how they interact with different 
um, compartments within the data infrastructure. Um, and finally, uh, logs, and this is, I guess, a, a less important uh, pillar, but it is a pillar nonetheless, um, which which follows the same, you know, definition of pillars of, of uh, logs, sorry, in software uh, uh, engineering. And here, the purpose for it is, is really to make sure that data quality monitoring is a proactive effort um, rather than, uh, than a reactive effort. Um, and so your question on how do these areas of focus um, differ and what's the skill sets according to the size of the company, if we just focus on observability as a concept um, and, and what it means in terms of bringing better trust and better visibility over data assets, any company of any size should care about this because if you want to invest in data, if you want to use data, which is today, you know, like any any company out there is striving to do, um, then you know, you need to make sure that what you're using is reliable and trustworthy. Um, and that can be implemented in a variety of different ways, depending on the size of the organization. We actually published a blog post on this um, that um, I'll, I'll share with you, Matt, so you can share in the, in the show notes. Um, that describes um, the different uh, considerations that need to go uh, into the thought process when deciding what type of data stack and what type of, of reliability framework you should go for depending on the size of your organization. Um, so broadly speaking, observability, reliability should be implemented at any stage. The moment you start you know, with, with the most basic analytics or reporting use case. Now, as the company scales um, and as you start to onboard more data users, as you start to open up the data and the data infrastructure to more and less technical users within the organization, um, you need to invest in something that allows you to have a bird's eye view over your data assets and your data infrastructure, regardless of, 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 of the stakeholders involved and regardless of the business um, entities that are involved in dealing with that data. That shouldn't be the responsibility of, you know, the data team, solely speaking, or that shouldn't be the, the responsibility of, of the data practitioners directly. It should be done in a way that regardless of, of how complex the infrastructure is or how decentralized it is, um, anyone can have a good level of understanding of the health status of the quality assets. Um, so it really depends on the scale and the overall objectives of the organization as far as like how should the framework be implemented or, or what level of sophistication you need to have in the framework. Um, but, uh, but reliability is, uh, should be top of mind for anyone dealing with data. Got it, got it. So with that in mind, you know, tell us how Siflet fits into this picture and you know, how you guys address some of the things that you've uh, touched upon today. Yeah, so with Cifle, we're, we, we're lucky and we have the privilege to work with organizations um, all over the world of various sizes. So I feel like we get a good um, overview on different technologies that are being used, different use cases and how people are going about ensuring um, data quality within, within their, their organizations. Um, Cifle is a, is a data observability solution. Uh, we're full stack. We sit on top of your existing data stack and, and we uh, have connectors from ingestion all the way to consumption, whether consumption um, is 
um, BI analytics, reverse ETL, uh, machine learning, etc. So CIFLE we, we would really follow the flow of the data within the organization. Um, and speaking of flow, uh, practically speaking, we do that by computing uh, lineage full stack. Um, so we, we follow the journey of the data from its origination all the way to how it's being consumed. Um, and we do anomaly detection for data, metadata, and infrastructure. So um, at the data level, we would look at things, you know, anomalies that detect the data itself, um, you know, formats validation, um, uh, is, is the, you know, am, am I getting, an, uh, am I seeing the right number? Is it within a certain threshold, et cetera? Um, at the metadata level, we look at things like uh, volume of the data, distribution, uh, schema, um, et cetera. And infrastructure, we, uh, we have connectors that go deep into the orchestration layer, the transformation layer, uh, the semantic layer, et cetera, to make sure that, um, that, that we can engage with both data engineers and data consumers in getting ahead of data catastrophes. Um, so we're, we're more in a proactive rather than a reactive mode. Um, so that's that's the approach um, that we that we've taken at Cifle and and um, and and we see more and more um, not only focus on on the category broadly speaking data observability because it's still relatively new, but we see more um, motivation from both technology and business leaders to get better at monitoring the quality of data assets and and to get better. Um, at, at achieving overall observability. So it, it's not just uh, a solution for technical users or for data engineers or for, um, it, it, it's really uh, holistic. And that's why we call ourselves a uh, full stack data observability uh, platform. Yeah, excellent. And I, I do, I do think you know, based on some of the things that you've said today, a lot of companies could benefit a lot from that. So, um, yeah, Salma, thank you uh, today for joining us and giving us some of your great insights into our topic. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too, me too. And thank you to everyone listening as well. We hope you took a lot away from today's podcast. But for further information on what we talked about, head on over to sifletdata.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to EM360Tech.com.